Welcome to the ACC Panic Room alongside Lauren Brownlow. I'm Joe Ovias and Coach K taking his last trip to Chapel Hill to take on North Carolina on Saturday. Nothing special, nothing commemorative. There won't be bourbon. There won't be, you know, something from Alexander Julian given to Coach K, a new suit in retirement. No Peter Millar quarters it from Roy Williams. As it should be. I, I agree. Just play the game and keep well, it moving. Well, I mean, you know, they talked about it the other day um, after one of the press conferences, because I guess they'd been being asked about that. Carolina had been, and they were like, look, we we talked to him. We talked to Duke. It's cool. Like, we're going to – and they did say that they were going to, you know, kind of give him a special introduction before, you know, honoring him, mentioning it's his last game and stuff like that. And, um, but that's what, you know, that's what they all agreed upon. So it's all good. They even, I think it was uh, Steve Kirshner, UNC's sports information director. He even pointed out that I think like when they got to a thousand wins, they got him a plaque and all this stuff. He's like, it's cool. We've, we talked, we're cool. It's all good. Well, it's funny you mentioned that plaque when they got to a thousand wins, because that happened at the Smith center. Fans weren't having that. Hmm? And I don't think, I don't think fans are in the mood for any of that. Uh, this season either, given the way that North Carolina has right. been playing. Yeah. Which we'll get to here in a second after their win at Louisville. But uh, I can see where North Carolina fans just wouldn't be in the mood to commemorate Mike Krzyzewski in any way, shape, or form. Um, what we saw last Saturday against NC State, that's what they want to do. They want to celebrate Roy. They want to celebrate 1982. They don't want to give Kenny love. And I love that. I respect that. That's how it should be. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, uh, I believe, the uh, all-time great Jeff Bezdelic that said, yeah, you give respect by showing no respect. And I think North Carolina did that against NC State. And <laughs> Those are words to live by. Those are words to live by. All right, so let's, um, let's look at these two teams going into the game, <clears throat> looking completely different. Duke goes to Notre Dame where the Irish have been playing really good basketball and they've been really good at home and they get Trevor Keels back and defensively Duke did the thing. Mm -hmm. And I know this is going to sound kind of, I'm not, it's not a backhanded compliment to Duke because I do think they actually play defense, but we do weight Duke differently from the other teams in this iteration of the ACC because man, there's just not a lot of good defense being played in the ACC in general. Right. Duke does it, so it's almost refreshing to see it when they play. It doesn't always mean they dominate. It just means that, hey, this is something that a lot of teams are not used to seeing in the ACC up until they play Duke. Yeah, and I think I think it's more so than the defense. It's having a strength that is consistent, if that makes sense. That's not to say that they haven't been had on that end of the floor from time mm -hmm. to time. The Miami game comes to mind, FSU a little bit. But they still play hard defensively. They can still change the game defensively, even if they're struggling a little bit. And that's the thing is, is in this league, especially, and, and, you know, even just talking about Carolina, for instance, in contrast, you can't count on almost no. anything consistently, even in the same game from them, much no. less like from game to game. And so I think that part of it has been what's refreshing for me when it comes to Duke is that you know that they're going to give you all they have on the defensive end and that more often than not, it's going to make a big difference. Of course, the problem for the problem for Duke is that sometimes I feel like it, it's kind of reminds me of the, the Zion Williamson, RJ Barrett year where they're so talented that I think sometimes they get away from just feeding who should be getting the ball. 
Uh, in this case, I feel like Paulo Bancaro should be the guy in close games that should continue to be fed the ball. He's their most dynamic player. He's their best player. But we saw that in the RJ Zion year there, you know, including the, the loss in the NCAA tournament, where I think they forgot that, no, 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 I get that Barrett going into the season was supposed to be the guy, but Zion was clearly the guy all year long. Give him the ball, you know, as Jillio likes to say, die with your fastball. And I do think that Duke is still kind of learning that. And to their, you know, to, 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 in their defense, it is still just early. I mean, we just got into February. And I right. think this is going to be an interesting, kind of, you know, turning of the season for Duke going forward because this is traditionally when Mike Krzyzewski starts to understand, look, this is when you're supposed to start getting better. This is when you're supposed to be who you are. And I didn't come back for a short tournament run. I came back because I believe this group is special enough to potentially get to the Final Four. So we shall see how Duke starts to play on Saturday, which then gets to the flip side of this. I know I'm self-aware when I talk about North Carolina this season. I feel like I've been soft on Carolina this team, this year. I feel like I'm, I'm looking for reasons to believe that they've turned some kind of corner or there's some sort of development. So I present this to you, Lauren. You tell me if I'm crazy. Okay. Let's strip the NC State game out of this conversation because I think we all understood that Saturday was one of these special days with the Roy stuff, Jordan in the house, the opponent, everything else. You look at the Virginia Tech win, the Boston College win, and then last night's win against Louisville. They all have one thing in common to me. North Carolina wasn't all that great throughout the game, but they still found ways to win. They overcame bad shooting. They overcame some defensive lapses. They did not wilt like we've seen, especially at Louisville yesterday. They didn't do this on the road. So they've got this four-game winning streak. It hasn't been pretty, but I do think it builds confidence. And they've been consistently good at home against bad competition. The question now is, can they do this against superior roster talent with Duke on Saturday? Yeah, and I mean, they're good enough. That's the thing with them is that one thing we do know about them, and it's not a constant from night to night. It's not. But we know that their offensive ceiling is pretty high. Like, they are a very good offensive team. They're not perfect offensively, but they're pretty good. They're a really good shooting team. Um, they're not as good necessarily scoring inside unless it's Baycott. But, they're I mean, they just have a bunch of different guys on the court at any given time that can shoot from three, and that's a big asset to have. The problem for them, I think, is just, look, and it, and it remains true. I think it remains true. They go as Caleb Love goes. Like, well, they do. Like, they all, the only reason... I'm not trying. Okay, this is going to sound overly simplistic. And I don't mean it as a personal attack to Caleb Love, okay? I don't. But the only reason they almost lost that game, or the or big reason, was because of his play down the stretch. That's not yeah. to say he can't, he still hit a, a, a big shot in overtime. Like he hit some big shots. And mm -hmm. the thing about Caleb Love that's both good and bad is that it seems almost like his shooting confidence, at least, is not deterred. When he's been missing them, the problem is I think the quality of his shots goes way down when he's missing. He starts pressing. He starts panicking. And when he got that ball taken from him at the end of the game, like, he is a sophomore. He has almost completed his second year. Like, the lack of awareness. And that's yes. always the thing with him. You see him do special things on the basketball court from time to time. Really special things. But every now and then, and this was true his freshman year, too, even later in the year, he would do things that you're like, you okay? What? Yeah. What's going Why? on here, man? What's yeah. Going on? Yeah. And, and the thing is, it, it goes beyond last night's game. He hasn't been good. Yeah. 
He hasn't been. No, he's been them... in a slump, which means he'll make like all of his shots against Duke, like he did last year. I guess. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Caleb does have a tendency uh, yeah. where he has played well against Duke or in these marquee games, like but absurdly at... well, more so than he had been playing going into it. That's the other he... part of it. But if you look at this four-game win streak, they've won in spite of Caleb Love's shooting woes. But, you know, there's been some other aspects of this have been positives. Whereas Caleb Love, you watch and you go, what the hell are you doing, dude? Leaky Black has added another element to his game in this four-game winning streak. He's not one to take threes. He learned that lesson. But slowly, there's been some confidence there. And he's not filling it up. But, you know what, last night he was three for three from beyond the arc. Uh, in that win over NC State, like everybody got threes. He's not doing the most when it comes to threes. He's just contributing when needed, hitting big shots when yeah. needed. I think in these four wins, he's at least hit a three. So that's a positive development for North Carolina going into this game. Because again, they're going to need everybody to be playing their best against a superior roster. And shout out to Leaky last night in postgame. He talked about how he'd been dealing with anxiety um, and that he his therapist and Jackie Manuel both have been kind of working with him on that. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of turned a corner in the last couple of weeks. And that's why I think he's crediting that at least with part of his improvement. And, you know, I thought it was interesting last night too. And I think maybe, you know, Hubert even admitted last night, I thought this was interesting that he's kind of, you know, he's learning lessons as he goes, this is his yeah. first year as head coach. And he was talking about how he was talking to them in the timeout huddle towards the end. And he was reminding them that this is fun. And that he could sense that their mood, you know, was able to shift a little bit. And the guys all talked after the game about how much fun it was. That was not a game I would characterize watching it as fun. But they were just kind of like, they're in this high-stakes situation. It's an ACC road game. They've got a chance to win it. That's how Hubert kind of rallied him. He said, he's like, this is fun. We're in overtime on the road in ACC play. Like, let's lean into this. Let's embrace it. Let's just have a good time. And that's hard to do when you play for a program like North Carolina. But I think... I think that approach has helped them a little bit and and sort of uh, it's like a mix of, um, you know, bad cop and good cop all from the same head coach, you know. So uh, so North Carolina is not going to break out all the all the the pomp and circumstance for this game. There, is there anybody else they can honor? You know, is there I don't know. Can, can they bring Hansbro back for something? I mean, I, I know for the game, I know for the game in Durham. I bet he'll be there. Stadium, Hansborough has to be there for that, just as a reminder, because he won all the time there. But I don't know. I don't know what you do in in this situation. I mean, I think they probably. I, I I'd imagine some former players will be there. Now, if it's like a very select list of guys, you know, like a Hansborough, like maybe like I don't know, a Stackhouse, yeah. uh, Danny Green, and those, those are like the only guys that are there. Then maybe you know what I mean, like, but. Yes. Yeah. Just put just put the Danny Green dunk on Greg Paulus on a loop, and that'll that'll get people fired up. That that that'll definitely. Ty Lawson shows up out of nowhere. You know, then you know something's going on. Then you're like, okay, this is a little much. Do you think Coach K is going to wax win or lose? Do you think Coach K is going to wax poetic about the Smith Center after the game? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, maybe not too poetic if they lose, but I, I mean, because you know, like, look, they yeah. they they beat Notre Dame, and he had nothing but glowing things to say against you know about Mike Bray, like the one guy who can beat Mike Krzyzewski, although that didn't happen on uh, on Monday night. So I'd be just kind of curious. I mean, do they do they do they do the do the do the Smith Center people get fired up by like putting up the Gerald Henderson Tyler Hansborough replay? You know, I don't know about that. It was a while ago now. It was a while ago. 
was 15 years ago, I think. I mean, do they put on the do they put on the jumbotron? You know, is this, this is going to be about, the 15th anniversary of it, I believe. Do they do they put on the jumbotron like you know the Coach K clip where he's like, well, you know, it's just unfortunate. Been out that, there in that situation. Yeah, that that they were even out there in that situation. <laughs> I wonder if Coach K would even watch that now and go, ooh. You think so? I bet he. I bet he would because he's no. not the same guy he was. No, before. no, I, I, no, I think he. I think he still believes he was he was right in that situation at the end, where hey, if you guys are out, if if those if your starters are out there, we're we're going to be out there. Which I is interesting that's... because like because partially because Duke doesn't really have many walk ons anyway. But no, they don't. Usually, I mean, they his don't. starters have been in late into many blowouts by many more points. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he'd feel the same if one of them uh, took a fist to the nose. I don't know. I guess we'll have to find out. We'll have to find I out. Anyway, hope, that's going to wrap I up. I hope we don't find out. Good lord. Uh, if something spicy happens in this game, it would be amusing. You know, like the Andre like the Andre Buckner, Matt Doherty thing. You know, if, if we got something a little spicy, I mean, that's why we watch, right? I mean, I guess so. But I'm just saying, like, I don't think... Yeah, I don't. I I don't want to see. It, that's the thing that for for those for no. this is one of the things that that has emerged between Duke and Carolina. And yeah. Mike Krzyzewski's talked about this. There is a level of respect between the two programs. Yeah, it's not nearly as spicy as it was. It's not. Between, you know, if you want to look yeah. for spicy rivalries, you know, the State Carolina game provides spiciness. It's it's, it's you know medium salsa. It's like sure. a medium like, spice. It's 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 Roy Williams appropriate salsa level. You know, not too spicy. It's probably mild where he can go at halftime and say, like, you know, go beat those guys in red badly. Like that kind of stuff. Right. Right. But there's this level of and and this has been a conversation for multiple years, but it really came through at Operation Basketball and in conversations with Mike Krzyzewski this season where there's a mutual level of respect between yeah. the two programs. They Especially elevate when Roy each was other. There, you know? That's and not saying he doesn't respect Hubert. I'm just saying, like, sure, sure, sure. He and Roy sure. got it's, to be kind of close or, or yeah. not close, close, but friendly, very friendly. So there's this, there's this, and I agree that the two programs elevate each other, and that Duke and Carolina are usually viewed as the unofficial start to the college basketball season. Mm-hmm. But it is fair to point out that all this, you know, mutual appreciation society leads to some. It's boring now, and why some people just kind of roll their eyes and they'll say things like Louisville and Kentucky is the better rivalry because there's actual like blood feuds that are going on in that situation. Right, even but though I don't agree. I hear you. The thing for me is like that does add an extra layer to it that can be fun, but yeah. I still every year almost no matter the circumstances there's at least one game between those two that just has a next level feel to it. Not not in terms of like NBA next level. I'm just talking like it's it's a higher level of basketball. It, it's a fun game. The atmosphere is at a higher level at both places than it ever is. And you can feel that it's contagious when you're there. Like, mm-hmm. and, and at least once a year, they play a game like that. I feel like where it's like, wow, this game is really fun. It's back and forth. It's intense. Both teams are playing well. Like, and that's what's fun about it. I think is, yes, can they play some gross ones? Yes, of course they can. But you do sense that there's still that different feeling in the building. I feel like when they get together, even if it's more reverential than not now, it's more like mutual respect society. I do yeah. I do still enjoy it for that reason because there's usually, there's almost always something at stake. I mean, people were complaining about this being a game day game, but like, they're playing for, I think they're playing for first place in the league. Like, yeah, they are playing for first. And here's the other thing. Carolina yeah. needs this. Like, if Carolina's going to be an NCAA tournament team, they need this. 
They're in desperate need of quality wins. The problem for Carolina is that their two chances of quality wins are against Duke. So we shall see what hey, happens. They got a quad two last night, just saying. I know, on the road against a Louisville team that most people have checked out on. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of the ACC Panic Room. We will see you Saturday night from the Smith Center.